This is Hello Healthy, a Dignity Health podcast. Here's Bill Klaproth. For some people, asthma is a minor nuisance. For others, it can be a life-threatening condition as it makes breathing difficult and can cause coughing, wheezing, and shortness of breath. Here to talk with us about asthma and what you need to know is Dr. Amy Metha, a pulmonary and critical care physician at Dignity Health. Dr. Metha, thank you for your time. So let's start here. What is asthma? So asthma basically is a a disease which causes um, three main things. It can cause a lot of inflammation of your airways, and then that makes you start coughing, and you produce a lot of mucus in your airways secondary to the inflammation. Um, you also get wheezing, so that means your airways are um, kind of constricting down because of all the inflammation. Um, you know, it's prevalent a lot. You hear about it a lot in kids and adolescents. Um, and you can it can go into remission, but then it can come back uh, when you're an adult too. Um, so, you know, a lot of patients will have it when they're younger, and they'll grow out of it. And if they've ever been exposed to smoking or they smoke themselves, they could be, there's a high chance that they can get it back when they're older. Also, there's a, a prevalence of patients at, over the age 65 developing asthma too. Um, and so, you know, and they get the same symptoms of having shortness of breath or coughing or wheezing or chest tightness. And not everybody, you know, has to present with all the symptoms. I've seen patients that just present with chest tightness when they try to do any exercise or they're walking, or some patients just present with a cough that just does not go away. So there can uh, be lots of different presentations of asthma. So it sounds like asthma isn't necessarily hereditary. It sounds like it's more lifestyle or environmental? Is that right? I mean, are there certain environmental or lifestyle choices that bring asthma on? There definitely is, but it can also be a mixture of genetics and the environment. And sometimes it's just one or the other, but a lot of times it's both. So um, for genetics, some people have a, a higher likelihood of developing asthma because they present, they just um, produce a lot more antibodies when they're exposed to certain environmental factors. But there are also um, things that you can be exposed to in the environment that can make you more prone to asthma also. So that includes if you smoke yourself, if you've been, you know, exposed to secondhand smoke, um, and also um, air quality. So being exposed to pollution or exhaust fumes, and especially for the adults, um, being exposed to anything in your occupation, such as different chemicals, like any cleaning materials, things you're exposed to. And hairdressing, um, manufacturing, or farming are exposed to a lot of different pesticides, which can sometimes cause asthma also. Um, and another one is being overweight can also um, cause asthma or worsen asthma too. Um, and being overweight also makes you more predisposed to getting heartburn, which can also cause asthma-type symptoms as well. Right. So what are the common symptoms and when is it time to see the doctor? So if you are having um, a hard time breathing, um, you know, just doing exercising or even doing simple activities in your house as showering or making the bed, um, vacuuming, things that you were used to be able to do before and now that you're, you're noticing you're having a hard time breathing. If you're getting a lot of chest tightness, um, if you notice that you're wheezing or coughing a lot more, those are times that you need to go see your doctor 
um, and to get worked up for your for why you are having such a hard time breathing. So this sounds like it, it almost mirrors a heart attack when you're talking about shortness of breath and chest pain. Is that right? It can sometimes. You know, um, a lot of times high C patients that come in to either the ER or they go to their primary care doctor and they're complaining of chest pain, that they're having a hard time breathing, and they will go see the cardiologist first and they'll get worked up there because it's sometimes hard to tell the difference between the two. Um, and then once they, you know, once their heart gets checked out and they know they're okay, then they get referred to a pulmonary doctor, um, and then we can kind of work them up for other reasons why there's shortness of breath, such as asthma. So it is a little bit difficult uh, to dissect sometimes um, which one is which because they can both present with similar symptoms. And it sounds like maybe allergies too. If somebody has allergies, they may have some shortness of breath or tightening of the chest or coughing and wheezing. So mm-hmm. is that a possibility yeah. too? So so how do you eventually diagnose this as asthma as, like you say, someone could present with the symptoms? You kind of got to figure out what it is. Mm-hmm. How do you diagnose that it is asthma? Well, some most of it's from history. So you, you know, when you kind of um, talk to the patient, you you ask them, you know, what um, what symptoms do you have when you, what are you doing when you have these symptoms? So a lot of people will say, well, when I exercise, when I try to walk a little bit, I have a hard time breathing, I get this chest tightness. Um, and a lot of, you know, fortunately, asthma is also related to having allergies too. So people that have a lot of allergies, um, you know, they have, they sometimes are more risk of getting asthma too, along with their allergies. So that can kind of give you a clue too. Um, and then the other test that we usually do in the office is something called spirometry, which is the breathing test, um, where they, um, breathe into a tube and we can figure out what their lung function is. And then we give them a medication called albuterol, um, which helps, uh, open up your airways. Um, so it makes you, makes it easier to breathe. And if you have a pretty, if it opens up your airways to a significant degree, we can kind of diagnose asthma based on that. There's another test, which is also a breathing test that we can do in the office called the methacholine challenge test. Not always necessary, but sometimes when it's a little, when you're on the fence about exactly what it is, you can do this methacholine challenge test to see, which makes you inhale a material which can induce asthma, and that can kind of, that can confirm the diagnosis too. And Dr. Methyl, let's turn to treatment now. How do you treat someone with asthma? Um, Well, there's a couple of different things um, that we look for. One is education. So um, you want to make sure that you, so some people know that their triggers are for asthma, whether it be cold air, smoking, um, dust mites or cockroaches or animal dander. So, you know, if you have asthma and you know it's a cat or a dog around you that is that provokes your asthma, the best thing is to avoid any cats or dogs. Make sure they do not sleep in your bed also. Um, another thing is, um, if, you know, some people think that their triggers are perfumes or colognes, it's another thing to avoid, um, which sometimes can be difficult. Um, and also infections can usually trigger asthma too. So make sure you wash your hands a lot, um, and encourage and make sure you get a yearly flu shot. Um, other things are cleaning products. So, you know, try to wear a mask if you can, if you have to clean um, and, you know, try to avoid strong chemicals too. The other thing is, um, knowing what your symptoms are of asthma and, um, making sure you attack it, you know, early on before it gets, uh, worse so that you don't have to end up in the hospital. So 
you know, if your triggers are that you, or if your symptoms are mainly that you start coughing, you notice that your chest tightness, make sure you call your doctor right away so you can get the appropriate treatment before you start getting worse. And But the main uh, treatment for it is inhalers. So there's lots of different inhalers for asthma. Um, and, the, and the type of inhaler you're on will vary based on the severity of your asthma. So if your asthma just comes on with exercise or, you know, when you are uh, going to exert yourself in any way, you can always take an inhaler right before you do exercise, and that can help with your symptoms. Um, if it's a daily thing where you, you know, all day, every day, you have um, symptoms of being short of breath, there's more inhalers that are kind of daily inhalers to take every day to maintain your asthma, just like you take medications to control your blood pressure and diabetes every day if you take medications for those. Another thing I was going to say is make sure if you smoke and not smoke, because that can worsen your asthma, and to make sure you're up to date on all your vaccinations. So those triggers are really important. You were just mentioning those animals, mm-hmm. all the pet dander, cleaning products, smoking, even exercise-induced mm-hmm. asthma. So be careful of those triggers, right? That's really important to know about those. And long-term, Dr. Metha, what is the outlook for asthma sufferers? Um, most of the time, you know, most asthma patients do very well. Um, usually it's pretty well controlled with just inhalers and avoiding any triggers for it. Um, but sometimes, especially if you have long-term asthma, it can begin to kind of look more like a chronic disease where it can cause chronic damage to your lungs. Um, and But there are a lot of newer medications that are out there now for asthma. So it's not just inhalers. Um, sometimes we can't control it with inhalers, and there's also prednisone that we can use as a steroid or an anti-inflammatory. But it has a lot of side effects associated with it. Um, So there are some newer medications, which are uh, injectable medications that help with um, mainly patients with asthma related to allergies, Um, and it it attacks kind of the uh, inflammatory process associated with it. And a lot of people can feel a lot better from it, but there are shots that you have to get once or twice a month, um, and you may have to get them for the rest of your life too. But it really can help with the quality of life that you're having and you know, you can get your life back if your asthma is very severe. Uh, there's also another procedure that's been around for maybe around 10 years. It's something called bronchial thermoplasty, um, which um, is done at many centers throughout California. Um, but basically, it involves doing a bronchoscopy, which is a, a camera um, that they put down your through your mouth, and they take a look at your airways. What happens in asthma is that your muscles can, the muscles of your airways can get really um, bigger because they've been inflamed for so long. So they go in and apply heat to the to the airways to help um, decrease the size of them, so they don't get so inflamed, which can help also decrease your exacerbation risk. Um, so those are some newer things that are out with out for asthma, and I'm sure they're gonna they're in. There's a lot of more new medications um, that are being produced, kind of attacking the the cell that causes all the inflammation of asthma. So good to hear of these advancements. Dr. Metha, thank you so much for your time today. For more information, please visit dignityhealth.org slash Bakersfield. That's dignityhealth.org slash Bakersfield. This is Hello Healthy, a Dignity Health podcast. I'm Bill Klaproth. Thanks for listening.